Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from the head of a major IoT medical device app development firm on best practices for making your app for your hardware product. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, the show that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product developers, manufacturers, and hardware industry professionals. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to getting your product on store shelves. We're taking you step-by-step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Hosted by Kevin Mako, one of North America's leading experts on hardware development for small product businesses. Now, onto the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Peter Zajak to the show. Peter is the CEO of Untitled Kingdom, a 55-person mobile app development company that focuses on apps for physical hardware-connected devices. They have built and launched over 75 full-scale apps for hardware products. Today, Peter is going to share some valuable knowledge on how inventors, startups, and small manufacturers can understand how to best manage the design and development of your hardware device's app, and what are the best practices for making a connected device's app great. Now, on to the episode. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Well, it's great to have you on to talk about apps today. And uh, apps are a huge component of many hardware devices, especially connected devices, IoT devices. A lot of people think about, okay, even if I have a product that doesn't have an app, how could I have one? Or if it is a socially connected device or something else, of course, an app is necessary. So it's interesting today to talk to you about the ins and outs of apps. Obviously, you have an extensive career, almost 15 years in developing apps for many hardware startups. Let's just start off with your background. Uh, How did you get to leading a 55-person app development firm for hardware and other connected devices? This is a funny story, and uh, I have to give you a a small background. I'm not a technical guy. I have started as an assistant to member of parliament a few years ago, and then when I resigned because I decided I have to move on and to focus on something much more interesting and much more (laughs) meaningful, I decided to join this company as a project manager, and, and I had been managing projects for six months. And then I became a CEO of this company. Maybe company is too big word because it was a team of five of us back then. Imagine that you can work on only digital apps, only on applications that can, I don't know, they're for datings or for uh, bills, there's bills splitting apps, or you can work on apps that are connected to physical devices, apps that are connected with like the real physical world. And this is exciting because when we talk about IoT, Internet of Things, or when we talk about medtech, which is our specialization, stands for medical devices, or femtech, female health technology, you can really work on products that can affect people's lives. And you can not only create amazing device that help people to improve their life, but you can also create an application that is like this additional value that can bring much more value to the users to understand today. In our case, uh, bodies, health, uh, progress, uh, when we talk about some um, sport-related activities. So that was a really interesting journey. And in 2017, we have uh, met LV, which is the leading and the most funded femtech startup. And then something has changed in our brains. 
we thought that guys, we had this internal conversation, guys, do we really want to work on non-IoT products or do we really want to work on IoT products that, as I said, can connect physical world and this digital world? And we decided that this is a great area for us. And then we became this company that specializes in IoT and, and MedTech. That's amazing. And you've done over 75 apps now for yes. connected devices at this point in time. Yes, yes. Like I can say that we love to talk about connectivity. We love to work with Nordic components and we love to work on, you know, embedded software with engineers. This is super exciting because when you think about the connectivity, for example, and you can improve it and make it much faster and much more reliable, this is something that makes you want to wake up in the morning and start coding. Well, that's amazing. I can tell you're very passionate for it and you obviously have a tremendous amount of experience. So what I want to dig into today for today's podcast mm -hmm. is figuring out what makes a connected devices app very successful. What makes the app a really important part and a smart investment for these connected or IoT device providers? With all your experience from all these places, what does it come down to that you've seen for the winners? Uh, Kevin, I'm really glad you asked me that question because uh, there are plenty of apps on the market and we have a lot of apps on our phones for smart body scales or for other devices. But this 10% of, uh, of devices that we really love to use. And when you create application for a smart device, you need to really focus on end user. You need to really focus on this additional value because the, the physical device is one thing. It can do a lot of positive things for your life. It can be a super smart fridge. It can be a super smart uh, body scale. But when you create up, you need to really think, what is the real value for my user? We are not brave enough as a company to suggest you to create everything inside your application, like plenty of features, like spend hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars on the application. We need to find one feature or two features that are super important for our users. We need to hear their voice, our user's voice. And we always like to say our clients, our business partners, that it's not about you. It's not about your shareholders. It's not about your employees. It's about the end user. And I would say that the most important part is to gather feedback from them, to ask them, what do you really want from this application? And you should create the perfect onboarding, like the really good onboarding. I would say that the onboarding in the application is one of the most important parts of the application to create this habit for people to get back to the application, to use it again and again and over again, to check the statistics, to check the progress or whatever you have in this application. But the end user is the most important part of the equation. I love that you mentioned a couple of things there because we talk about this a lot on the show in hardware. Think about your one or two main features and do those extremely well and ignore everything else for now yeah. until, and which is the second part, until you get user feedback. Then yeah. you figure out how to add and create extra features. It's amazing to hear you come on the show and the first thing you mentioned on the software side or the app side is almost identical to really best practices on the hardware side when developing a new hardware product as well. Yeah. So if you can do both of those together, make a great product that solves one or two features, especially as a startup in combination, if you need an app and the users really desire it, or that's an important piece to your business, then have that app also be very yeah. niche, very focused, and then of course, do a good job of it. It's amazing to hear. Can you just break down something you mentioned in terms of onboarding in more detail? Just describe what onboarding is and how do you do onboarding well with an app? But before I do that, let me just add one thing to that, because 
I think it's really important to differentiate the hardware and the software. So when you create hardware, you have this design phase and when it's done, it's done. You cannot change the hardware. You cannot go to the manufacturer and say that, okay, so from tomorrow, we're going to change this small feature and all of the devices that we have on the market are going to somehow magically change. So here in software, you need to switch this way of thinking in your brain. You have to think that the software is super easy to, to change. You can rewrite this the entire feature. You can add additional feature. You can change the UI, UX, or even the copy inside the application. And it's just like that. You can do it. You can deploy the code to the GitHub, then to the App Store, and that's it. It's done. So you should iterate as often as possible. And we had this one partner a few years ago, and he was so scary of releasing his own application that for over like for like two years, we have developed this application for this guy. And he spent, I would say, a million pounds on the application. And that was a total failure because the end users, they said, we need only this 5% of features you have developed. So that's my main point. You should focus on this one, two features and ask users, ask again, ask again, ask again, iterate, iterate and ask again. And when you talk about onboarding, this is, in my opinion, it's crucial. Uh, we need to teach our users how to use our application. I don't believe that everything should be as simple as possible. And I don't believe that everything should be as intuitive as possible because let's think about the, the iPhone. iPhone wasn't the most intuitive device. The concept of iPhone wasn't the first thing that came to your mind when you thought about mobile phones in 2017. The first smartphone that came to your mind was like HTC Titan 2 or Microsoft Pantops or whatever. But here you should create very intuitive interface you should create onboarding that teaches users how to use your application and how to create this habit of getting back to the application to use this application as often as you need not as often as possible because there is no need for you to use smart body scale app every hour like instagram we don't have to use instagram every hour but you know what i mean it's sometimes it's worth only to use your application once every week to check your weight and to check if you're still healthy or not, or if you eat too much or, or not. So you have to create this habit in your users' minds that I want to come back because I see additional value. And during the onboarding process, you have to show this additional value that by using my app, by connecting this app to, to, to your device, to my device, you will see additional value. So the onboarding is entirely about that. What do you have this more when you use the application? Uh, the more specific you make the app functionality, the easier it is to train, essentially. And I think that's one of the big misconceptions in the marketplace. If you look at something like the iPhone, uh, you'll hear many people say how intuitive it is. Well, it, it's not. If you gave somebody that had never used an iPhone an iPhone before, you won't even know how to open it. And what Apple's done an incredible job at is making the device very intuitive after you have properly onboarded your customer base. Everything from the way you swipe and how you pull down menus and where exactly. the back button is, because there is no back button, all these <laughs> sorts of things become intuitive, but they're not intuitive in the beginning. And I really like that you brought that out because people, when they think of an app, think that it should just be inherently picked up. That's impossible. And you're also missing an opportunity, which is what I like you said about the second part. The opportunity is to be able to create a habit with somebody. If you can educate them, create a good fundamental app in the first place, then educate them on how to create a habit out of the values that those apps bring, that's what creates a successful app that's paired with some sort of connected technology, some physical hardware piece in the world. 
I would say that you need to buy their uh, hands, their hearts, and their brains to be a successful application. By brains, I mean they need to see additional value. By hearts, I mean they need to love your application and they need to love using this application. And by hands, you need to create this, this habit of using the application. So if you have three aspects, you have successful application and, of course, hardware product. Hands, hearts, and brains. That's a great way to break it down in layman's terms. I appreciate that. So let's go into quality of the apps, because I know Mm -hmm. that when you're developing medical apps, there's all sorts of standards for that, uh, ISO certifications, FDA, et cetera. So it trains you as an app developer to build an app at a very high quality and redundancy level. How does that apply to the average person building an app? And why is that so important in today's day and age? Mm -hmm. Good question. So when you think about privacy, I think the most private uh, data that we have are data about uh, our bodies, uh, our health, and we do not want to share those data with people around us. We need to, we want to protect them. So when we talk about the quality, we need to create software that you can rely on that software and the software that is aligned with FDA or European certification. And I believe that the quality is super important because the quality is much cheaper in long-term perspective. When we create an app that it's cheap or you use a lot of junior developers uh, without code review, without pair programming, without standards, without the quality processes, you have to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite it over again. You have to reiterate this application, but not in this positive meaning, but in the meaning that you have to pay again to do the same work because the fundament of the application is not ready to add additional features. When we create software, we want to create super high value by showing the high quality to to our users by, by creating the software on a really high level. And FDA is very interesting institution and uh, European institutions are as well very creative in terms of checking different bugs and verifying the documentation. So we have to be super focused on how to create it, how to avoid uh, mistakes and how to write entire software to verify the hypothesis you have. Because when you create device or application, you have some hypothesis, right? I want to create a body scale that measure my weight and the percentage of fat in my body. And the entire certification process means that you have to prove that your device is doing what you promised. How much uh, testing or let's call it prototyping goes into that when you are building out an app to ensure that you're making those quality promises? I would say that the testing starts before development. You have to think about tests before development process. You have to engage quality assurance specialists into the development phase before development phase because you need to design good processes before you even start clicking the commands and to create new file and to start uh, writing the code. And do you have any kind of more tips for somebody that's just getting started on the journey of even considering whether or not they should build an app for their prospective application. And then subsequently, what are the next steps to to go ahead and do it? Mm -hmm. You shouldn't over-engineer. You shouldn't overthink the application. You shouldn't think that you need to create a super big and clunky application for your device. It should be as simple as possible. Next advice would be you need to talk to your end users. You need to ask them, what do you really need? And don't think that you know your user's needs best. Don't think that you're perfect user. You're not. You're uh, the owner of this idea. You're the founder of this startup. But... 
you create this application or this device for your end users and you have to ask them, what do you really need? How would you benefit from using this application? Because sometimes it's like with our babies. We all think that our babies are the most beautiful, the smartest, the, they will be engineers or politicians or doctors or lawyers. And of course they will be, but we need to ask, we, we have some institutions here that are like the educational system. And for us, it's to ask end users, what do you think about this? How do you feel when you're using this application? What additional features you want to see in this application to see more value? So only two advices. First, do not over-engineer, do not overthink. And the second one, ask users. Ask users again. Peter, I really appreciate your words of wisdom on the show today. Where can folks learn more about what you do? And give us just a bit of an overview um, of Untitled Kingdom. Yeah, sure. So Untitled Kingdom is a medical device consultancy and software development group that specializes in bringing digital health and medtech solutions to life and breaking down the barriers to exceptional healthcare through code and cutting-edge technology. And let me say that when we work with medical companies and uh, medical service companies, we provide this software and systems that enable those partners to put life changing tech into the hands of the patients and providers who need it most. And democratization of that technology, I would say, is, is the heart of everything we do with our partner companies, because as I said, we do not call our clients clients, we call them partners because we believe in this symbiotic relationship. We're seeing to it that everyone has equal access to breakthrough healthcare solution. And let me say one example that is I always have goosebumps when I think about it. Uh, Ergo is a classic example of using a tiny device to make a global impact. I don't know if you know, but 50 million people suffer from hearing loss in the US alone. And like a fingerprint, everyone's hearing loss is a unique to them. So what we do in Untitled Kingdom, what we did with Ergo is take their tiny in-canal smart hearing aid and pair it with this internal app called SoundMatch. And this is a sneak peek. They use ultrasound communication. So this is a nice hardware tip. After running a comprehensive hearing check, the app allows for a complete personalization of the Ergo device. And it's one thing to talk about it about technology, about aspects, about business. But a whole other thing to listen to the users sharing their experience with Virgo is to remember, I remember especially one older gentleman who said that using Virgo, he realized he had not heard music like this over a decade. Wow. And that listening to music with all the nuances, all hearing and hearing all the instruments and voices in the background coming together, make him cry because he didn't realize what he was missing over this decade. And when we heard that story from our partner, from their uh, project manager, we had this goosebumps because we felt that our role here is, is important and we do something important. And when we talk about IoT, and I want to be super clear to all of the founders of IoT devices, you can really change the world with your ideas, your ideas, your, your devices. We're living in this super interesting age where we can create everything you want to do. We have access to China, to US, to Europe, to the talents all around the world, to all tools and programs. And I want to say components, but right now maybe it's, a, it's not as easy as it used to be, but you can change the world with your idea. So be brave. Use your intellect, use your ideas, create the prototypes, verify your hypothesis, and make your uh, feasibility study, and just do it. There's no time to wait. We can 
change the world together. Peter, that is a very powerful way to end the episode. Much appreciated. Thanks again. And we look forward to talking soon. Take care, Peter. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the original and leading firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product business clients. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to to macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.